Hey, what's going on? Nick Kirby here, and welcome to Chatterbox Reds, proudly sponsored by DSC Commodities. Well, the entire Reds roster is now at camp in Goodyear, Arizona, and spring training is ramping up. Coming up in just a minute, myself and Trace Fowler discuss all the news and notes so far from Reds camp. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about our proud sponsor, that is Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Please visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks, as always, to our friends at DSC. Some programming notes for you. Premiering on Thursday, both in your podcast feed and on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube, we will continue our previews with each of the Reds' NL Central rivals. We'll be previewing the St. Louis Cardinals with uh, a local uh, TV reporter, sports reporter in St. Louis. We're really looking forward to that. And then on Saturday, we will have Chatterbox Reds live starting in the ninth inning of the Reds' first spring training game against the Cleveland Guardians. First pitch on Saturday scheduled for 3.05 p.m. And then pretty much every morning from there on out, a brand new podcast in your feed bright and early, recapping each of the Red Spring training games as Chatterbox Reds is the only place you can get instant reaction to every single spring training and regular season game all season long. All right, well, here's myself and Trace Fowler. This is from Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube on Monday night. Where do we start, Nick? You want to talk about Hunter Green? Is that the, is that the start of the uh, of the show? The Hunter Green news kind of stole the the opening week here of of uh, of headlines, but Derek Johnson said Hunter Green is working on a curveball and a splitter as a way to change speeds and slow down hitters, and so uh, you know that certainly got the old X app fired up. The thing I would add on Hunter Green is he was working on that splitter last year. He did try that in AAA when he was making his rehab uh, starts. Um, so the splitter's not necessarily new, um, but he didn't. He never tried it in a game. So it'll be interesting to see if right. he actually, you know, crosses over that bridge. Uh, I mean, I think this is good, positive developments. I, I don't think I necessarily want to go full overboard and be like, "Oh yeah, this is it. He's he. he this is what's going to get him over the top." First off, I don't think Hunter Green was all that far off with what he had. I think a lot of the. Uh, Peripheral numbers say last year, Hunter Green was pretty close to to already being there. Um, but you know, hey, look, anything you can do to progress is usually good. My only small pushback would be, uh, you know, if 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 this is something he you know can't command for strikes, do, do, you know, you you can see it backfiring where you know you're trying to throw too many things out there when you were already pretty close to being uh, a really good big league pitcher. Listen, this is spring training which should go in also the very next phrase should go take everything with a grain of salt. I don't know how much to make of that news because ultimately how much is he going to trust those pitches when it comes down to making an, a, a big time pitch, you know, and may, maybe, you know, Hey, maybe he's ready to go right out the shoot, but I would be venture to guess that he's going to, he's going to, he's going to hearken back to what he relies on or what he believes in the most, because uh, when it gets down to what we call around here at chatterbox nut cutting time, you go back to what you've always been more times than not, and I don't think that these new pitches per se are going to be something that he leans on 
any time in the near future. Is it nice to know that he's working on things? Is it nice to know that maybe he uh, he does come up with something that he finds that allows him to to, to change speeds? Um, you said it best. It all comes down to whether or not he can locate it and whether or not you can throw thing or throw it for a strike. Hunter Green seems to always have gotten himself in trouble when, realistically speaking, he doesn't have more than one pitch any given day. And sometimes it's not the fastball. More times than not, though, he relies on that fastball. And if he doesn't have secondary pitch, his secondary pitch, uh, throwing it for a strike, then then guys are just sitting there waiting on on uh, you know the fastball. And as we all know, in Major League Baseball, it doesn't really matter how hard you throw anymore. Um, you can't get away with that. Back in the day, I think you could overpower guys. Uh, if you threw the ball really, really hard, right, and uh, you you would always hear the phrase "effectively wild," I think that's becoming less and less and less and less. Um, unless you're throwing, listen, 102, 103, 104, maybe 105 at this point. Okay, maybe you got something there, but that not you know, no disrespect, and trust me, none of us. Uh, almost, I don't, I don't venture to say none of us because I don't know everybody, but I think a lot of us have never even thought about or dreamed about throwing the ball 95-plus miles an hour like Hunter Green has. But it all comes down to whether or not he can locate pitches. And you said it best. He's he's shown glimpses of being good enough already. Uh, it just comes down to whether or not he can stay healthy, which is probably the biggest question mark, I would think. Um, and then after that, can he be consistently good Maybe not as good as he was against the Twins back uh, late in the year because I think that's some of the better ball I've seen him throw. It just comes down to can he stay healthy and be semi-consistent. I don't know how you feel. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. Hunter Green does not need to be a bona fide ace to be what ultimately he could be to help this team win. Would we like him to be? Yes. Some people might have misconstrued his extension slash what he got paid to do, but he didn't really get paid to be a... Uh, an ace like he's not he didn't get paid to be a, one of the best pitchers in major league baseball per se now i think the reds believe that he could be but for all intents and purposes if he's a solid consistent starter i will not be that upset about his career in cincinnati if he doesn't turn out to be what we'd all hoped i just hope it doesn't end up being a situation where he's n- never out there yeah he's essentially like getting paid the same as almost nick martinez like that's yeah, that that's what his contract is. So yeah, he's not even close to that. And, and just adding on to your point, a, a good point about you know health. It's not even more so. Just obviously, you want to get a certain number of innings out of Hunter Green. The last two years, Hunter Green started off the season fairly slow, and then last year when he came back from injury, it took him a while to get back in that groove. Just being healthy, I think, will help him stay like in a groove. Once Hunter Green's been settled in, we've saw a lot of really, really good stretches um, the end of 2022, the end of last year, up until those last two starts, he was pitching as good as I think I've ever seen him. So it, it, it's not just the innings. It's also once he gets, you know, once he gets rolling and gets, you know, through some of those, those tough few starts, that's when he can really, I think, put together, hopefully, you know, you know, 10, 15, um, Good starts in a row, not all good starts, but you know what you get. What I'm yeah, saying, I you know, twelve out of fifteen starts were really, really good. And if you get that, that's where, um, man, this team's ceiling really goes up to another level. Right, no doubt about it. Um, all right, moving forward here. Speaking of injuries, injury news. You have some updates. Yeah, nothing too surprising here. Emilio Pagan um, uh, is coming back off of. 
uh, groin surgery, so he's not going to uh, pitch in the first few games. Uh, Sam Moles had a shoulder issue. Um, he's going to miss the first couple games. Um, Noel Marte is missing the first five Cactus League games from that hamstring injury we talked about that he suffered in the Winter League. Everything I've read about this is strictly this is just precautionary. The Reds are being very slow with his ramp up, uh, but they feel fully confident in everything he's doing right now. This is just more of just being extra cautious with um, a player as talented as Noel Marte is. And then Alex Young sidelined for a few days with back tightness. They haven't said if he's going to miss any games or not. So, I mean, look, this is kind of what you expect when you get to spring training. Um, but but that's why it's good that that when you know when we went through that exercise, we were going through um, who was going to be in the Reds bullpen, and we said, well, right now Fernando Cruz and TJ Anton are probably on the outside. If everyone's healthy, we know not everyone's going to probably be healthy at the end of spring training. So that's why it's good to have some some depth there. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is whether or not in- injuries and being, you know, sore and, and and hurt, if you want to call it that, are two different things. And right now, I don't think that anybody's really injured, per se. Uh, that may be the closest thing that you could say that you're the biggest question, the, the biggest question mark so far and the, and the biggest worry that all of us Reds fans probably should have is Nick Lodolo. Um, what is what does that ultimately end up being and looking like? Uh, hopefully he continues to progress and progress and progress and then he gets himself but let's let's face it he's not thrown the baseball competitively in a very long time in a very long time um and there's going to be some rust there one would think um but who knows maybe it's a blessing in disguise if we want to be mr pie in the sky super optimist about it uh you know maybe ultimately he he kind of uh gets a little bit of rest on his arm um so he's so he's got that going for him, but again, uh, it is concerning that he's not throwing the ball in what what feels like ages. We're we're coming up on a year. This I mean, not not literally, but we're we're close. We're closer. We're closer to a year than we're than we aren't. He did make some rehab starts um, for for whatever it's worth. I think it was what in August, um, yeah. um, but and then you know just got shut down and broke my my heart and hey you know i nick little comes back next year last year could have completely changed the end of the season i I fully believe that um now how realistic was it ever that he was going to come back i I don't know if we'll never really know the answer to that um and most of these injuries especially this time of the year um no, this it's not a big deal you hear that almost with every single injury that happened so Always take them with a grain of salt. Of uh, uh, they're never going to say, "Yeah, this one looks really bad." Yeah, they, they, uh, the Reds aren't going to do that, are they? They're not, and, and it's almost like they they've they've continued to do that with Lodolo, right? They're like something along the lines of, uh, "Oh, this uh, what's the what's the phrase that David Bell always used? He's progressing, I think is the term. He's progressing. He's progressing well. If he if he continues to go the path he goes down, we're going to look to take him to the next stage. It's like what." Guys are running for office, is what it sounds like from time to time. But hey, we'll see what happens. We like what we're seeing. We like what I, we're I'm seeing. sure. I'm sure almost every other team. This is the exact same. You know, no doubt. I was for, thinking. For I was guys. thinking the same. I, I read a headline or I read a little uh, piece on Shohei Otani. I think the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers put out a statement along the lines that they are thrilled to death with the progress that Shohei Otani has made, and they expect him to be back in in uh, in spring training 
in the near future. It's like, oh, what, what were they going to come out and sign this guy for a billion dollars and then come out in the very first statement they were going to make about him was like, yeah, this 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 SOB has been lazy all all uh, ever after we signed this guy. He's done nothing. He's lazy. We can't get him to work. What are, what are they going to say? I mean, come on. We, we Whether it's true or not, who knows? But let's not act like what they're telling us is actually truthful. Um, all right, other Reds news. Uh, what do you got, Nick? All right, we got two sections here, folks. So, so buckle in. Uh, Jonathan India is excited. That was the exact quote uh, to play outfield in first base. Uh, Levi Stout bashes the Reds after being DFA'd. Uh, Derek Johnson said TJ Anton will be a big part of the team, and no opening day starter announced yet. Wouldn't put too much into that. They didn't announce their starter until May 9th last season. So, Trace, which of those hot topics do you want to do you want to discuss first or any of them? Or- I'll take the one that maybe the, the that would be the the um, path less traveled. Um, Antone, the fact that they brought his name up as somebody that's going to be a big part now. Whether again, <laughs> some of this is like you're trying to read between the lines of whether or not these things are true or not true, and I'm not trying to say that that uh, that uh, basically he's lying. But the idea that Antone is going to be a large or whatever term that was used was a large or big part of this team, uh, all comes it all comes down to obviously his health, yes. But more importantly, like is he throwing the ball? Uh, am, am I buying the hype right now? Am I am I am I drinking the Kool Aid to get excited that the pitching coach um, is excited or believes that Antone looks like he used to look? Or is this just like fluff? That's the that's the the million dollar question. Maybe is whether or not that's true, or whether or not you know we're just trying to be nice. It, 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 but but my point is is that if Antone can get back to the Antone of old, which hand up in the air, I'll be the first one to admit, I did not think it was ever going to happen. I really didn't. I I just thought for whatever case in point, unfortunately careers in because of injury and I thought that this was just another one of those cases and it sucks and but I, I said it last year I'll say it again I give TJ Antone about as much credit as anybody that I've seen come back from injuries because it's one thing to do it once but to do it twice now and get yourself in a position where you're still considered a guy that might be able to be effective at the major league level that's just a lot of uh that's a lot of hard work man and I and listen I know he can come out and I know he could he could not throw the ball well, and I also know he can get hurt at the blink of an eye. Um, but I actually, of all three of those things, that was the most surprising thing that I took away. I, I knew Jonathan India was going to be excited to play the outfield at some point. I mean, you know, at some point, it's like it's kind of like the the uh, the stepdad asking his his stepson if he loves him. Do you love me? No. I, do you love me? At some point, you love him. You know, just saying. Yeah, the the Anto the, the wording of that was just what caught me a little bit off guard. You know, big part of the 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 team. Now this was Derek Johnson. He hasn't been through the full David Bell PR school. He's not used to, to having to spin things constantly. So he might have been asked a question. I don't know. He's been there a while. But uh, uh, but no, I, I did find that fascinating because I look. I'm not counting on anything out of TJ Antone. I kind of view TJ Antone almost as like a prospect. I, I don't, if, if that's a weird way of saying it, like he's kind of like a lottery ticket. Like I, I don't, not banking on him, but it's nice to have someone that clearly has that ability. Um, I did find that on Jonathan India. Um, 
it's like it's cool to see him having a positive attitude about this but it's funny how like your toe changes when it's like all right well you're stuck here and you're trying to earn a paycheck uh you know it, it, it's and again i'm not faulting jonathan any really for anything in the past um we've talked about it at <laughs> plenty you know about how obviously he makes a lot more money playing second base so he wanted to play second base as long as possible but hey look seems like he's having a good attitude so far, it hasn't been a distraction at all, which that is what is, is nice about that. I agree. Um, I'm excited to let him get some reps out there. And you could do all the drills you want. I've seen him doing some drills, um, obviously, already in the outfield. Um, you know, swivel your hips and, and run. Get back behind the ball. Catch it. Hey, man. Um I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I did those drills as well, and uh, they're a lot easier doing the drills than when you're out there in live action and they hit a ball to you. Um, do I think he can do it? I don't know. I really don't. Um, it'll be. It'll. You know what? It'll, at least it'll be interesting to see. It's one of the very few things that I'm going to at least try to be open minded about and not cast too much judgment one way or the other before it happens. I'm sure on the first miss fly ball or the first misread I see, I'm going to be like, oh god, here we go. I don't know why I have to keep watching this, but I do, I guess. Um, but could you imagine an outfield? TJ uh, Friedel's pretty good, but could you imagine an outfield with Will Benson and, and Jonathan India in the corners? Now, theoretically, that shouldn't happen, but... Spencer Steer and Jonathan India. I wasn't going to go there, but... What about what about that? We got Will Benson in center, India in left, and Steer in right. <laughs> oh, man. I hope it happens once. Picture. That'd be fun. <laughs> Why not? What did you uh, What you think about uh, Mister Levi Stout? Uh, uh, you know, taking a shot at the team on the way. Out I don't after, make uh, walking <sighs> walking nearly six batters per nine innings last year. Listen, I don't make anything of it. Okay, I think that there's times where you can be frustrated based off of maybe something that was said to you, or you felt like you didn't get the opportunities that you thought that maybe you deserved. There's so many things that can go into a relationship with the, with the player um, and the franchise and the organization and a team and a specific coach. And more times than not, it's success, right? I I remember vividly a kid that I had coached in summer ball went to a a, a predominantly a really good Division One baseball program, and uh, he had a great family. His his dad was fantastic, just the most upbeat people in the world. Someone that you would never guess in a million years that would be that would ever get themselves visibly upset at a at a coaching staff they would always take the high road if you will um and i i had seen him after his freshman year of college and him and his dad they had nothing nice to say about the program they were frustrated about it they couldn't stand the coaches all of these things um and the kid ended up starting uh being the ace his senior year and they love the they love the they love the program and they left happily ever after the difference between his freshman year and his senior year is that he played a lot and didn't play a lot. You know, he got a lot of opportunities. He didn't get a lot of opportunities. I some, I just think that's what it is. I take nothing away from it. I hope that it, all the nice things that he said about uh, the Mariners, I think it was. I hope, I hope all of that comes true and he feels great about it and he has a great career. But I don't think I take nothing away from it. Genuinely, yeah. do you? Did you take it personal? I guess looks like you took it personal. No, no, I didn't take it personally. I, 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 I thought it was funny just because, like, it wasn't like he had a bad year and, like, it, his problem was he walked a million guys. Like, that's that's why it's kind of funny, 
that you're taking that approach when it's pretty obvious, like the fault was mostly your own. Um, there's not really a whole lot a pitching coach can do when you're walking guys. But no, I mean, look, it is what it is. Um, yeah, ask Jesse Weaker what it was like to, to uh, you know, throw shade at the Reds on the way out. How'd that work out? <laughs> did he deserved that. Yeah. Did he? Did, right. he, did he deserve that street? That stray right there? You think I he did? Know, I'm, fi- I'm fired up. I no, I like it. He did get a he did get a video montage on his way out though. They gave him a they gave him a celebration on his way out. They did. They did. All right, uh, Reds news, Nick. Yeah, and I better I better shut up because he's on the uh, he's on the Nationals. <laughs> yeah, you better watch out, Senzel yeah. Winker back to back. All right, now here here Trace is your 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 real the spring training. Uh, the real stories, the, the the big stuff. Good progression from Nick Lodolo and Frankie Montas. Rhett Louder is impressing everyone at camp. And Bally only broadcasting five Reds games, only three by Reds broadcasters. I want to ask you, Trace, about this. I, I just, man, this is just, like, the Reds are going to be on a lot. And I, I know I tweeted this out. Yep. Um, you'll be able to watch them on MLB Network. Um, MLB TV. I think a lot of those are free. We'll get into that when we get closer, you know, to the games. But just the fact that like Bally's only broadcasting three games. I do have a conspiracy on it. My conspiracy is is they're only broadcasting like the first one and then the last couple and then one in the middle because they want people to go down to spring training. And if they broadcast them, if it's something you can't see, they might be able to get more people down there. But uh, that's I, your, that's I, your yeah. conspiracy. That's my conspiracy. I think it has everything to do with the fact that it cost a good amount of money. These, you know, Bally Sports of the world, if you will, it cost them a good amount of money to run a broadcast, to do a broadcast, and I don't think that they return the the they don't recoup the cost of, of what all actually it entails. You know, this is where I've been at for a while with this, um, and I know that ultimately, if you don't have a level of a broadcast for a professional franchise that you're going to get made fun of or perhaps people will talk negatively towards something. Um, a la, we've, we talked about it earlier on, 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 on Off the Bench earlier today about how ESPN Plus kind of gets a bad rap a little bit because of the quality of the broadcast from time to time. Well, would you rather have a semi-decent broadcast or call it whatever you want, call it a poor broadcast or no broadcast at all? Um, I would prefer to have something and then I can decide whether or not it's worthwhile watching and if you don't like it, well, that's okay. You don't need to watch it because otherwise it wouldn't have happened anyways. So there's really no there's really no reason to get upset about it. So I just wish there was a lower level stream that the organization as a whole would provide. Now, again, we live stream things all the time. I get that we're coming from an area where people probably think that I'm saying this as like, oh, you know, chatterbox. I, I, I'm not saying I don't have interest in doing it. Trust me, if the Reds called me tomorrow and said, hey, we want you to live stream the games, we'd figure it out. But my my point is is that it has nothing to do with, with Chatterbox being involved with the live stream as much as it is just to say, hey, this isn't that complicated. We should be able to get some basic broadcast. And this is where I think MLB TV and or the Reds themselves have a huge opportunity going forward to at least offer these types of things on their own platforms. And maybe they can't do it now because of the TV rights and Bally, oh, maybe Bally holds all the rights so the Reds can't do it even though they want to. Um, it just feels like we're in a tough spot because, you know, there was 
either bad TV contracts that have already been signed. Obviously, Bally signed a few of those. And you couple that with the fact that maybe maybe we're just at a point now where live streaming spring training games hasn't become a big enough priority yet. Or maybe we're the only people that care about it. Everybody else, us in the chat are the only ones that care about it. That's just not enough people to care. I don't know. But it does seem stupid that every game isn't broadcasted in some capacity. The the Padres actually do a webcast uh, for the games that aren't on. They're not on Bally. They lost Bally midseason last year. Yeah. Uh, but I saw the, I saw they're doing it this year, and they had done it before in the past where they just have the radio playing over top of uh, probably a two-camera setup. Um, and, like, it's not the greatest quality, but – when, when the Reds were playing and it was on there, I was like, this is awesome. Like I can actually, right. you know, watch the game. And so I don't think, I think they would be allowed to do that. Uh, maybe the Reds have something different. Maybe, you know, the Reds contract said, we are the only ones who can broadcast our games. And, you know, maybe they think maybe, you know, Bally Sports Ohio thinks that if there was some, if the other games were on the web, it wouldn't make the few games they do as, as valuable. Right. I, and that's, I don't know, but trust I, me, I'm, that's how it goes, man. Listen, there's still athletic directors right now that think that think live streaming uh, high school sporting events from time to time that we've done in the past takes away from the amount of people that are going to come to the game. It just you just never know, man. You really don't. It's yeah. some some people some people's perception of of what of what offering something up could do as a way to where people would go or don't go is wild to me. As we all know, blackouts are probably a perfect example of that. Have you have you have you think anyone in Nashville, Tennessee's ever thought, you know what, damn it, I can't believe that I can't watch the Reds tonight. I'm going to drive up to Cincinnati because I can't watch it. I'm going to get me a ticket. No, no one's doing that. It's a it's it's an it's it's outdated. It's something that hopefully at some point somebody changes, but um, it would not shock me in the slightest because every single team has a team to team deal with their TV rights. It would not shock me in the slightest if the the Bally Sports Agreement that they the Reds have signed would limit them to not having the ability to live stream the games on their own platform because they that's the deal they signed, and rightfully so for the Reds, right? If someone was going to give you the amount of money that Bally Sports was going to give you, and, oh, by the way, broadcast all the regular season games that most people care about, and do a couple spring training games, you're signing the dotted line, you know, lickety-split. You're not worried. You're not worried about the few games that us degenerates don't get to watch. Yep, yeah, 100%. Um, all right, go ahead. You got something to add? Oh, okay. are you ready for some NL Central news? You got I was going to ask, uh, what about the division, Nick? What about the NL I'm glad you asked, Trace. Yeah, all right, so the, I'm here. The Brewer, Brewers uh, re-signed Brandon Woodruff to a two-year deal. Um, cool, honestly cool for, for Brandon Woodruff. He's expected to miss the entire year. Um, the Brewers did non-tender him, um, but they did work out a deal, so he'll get the rehab with the team. Uh, all year as a possibility sounds like a pretty slim possibility of pitching at the end of the season if all goes well uh, but Woodruff will be back probably more of an issue for the Reds in 2025 uh, the Cubs signed David Peralta and Dom Smith to MILB deals um, Peralta I, I did I do kind of like the Peralta signing especially when I found it was a a minor league deal for them uh, he's coming off a pretty bad year he had a bunch of injuries but uh, he was a pretty solid player so if you're getting him on a minor league deal um, that that's kind of a nice, you know, lottery ticket to have for them. Um, I found this one very fascinating, just especially because of how good he looked defensively in the outfield. 
but Sal Frelick of the Brewers is expected to prepare at second base and third wow. base this spring. Um, I know when I did my preview show um, about the Brewers and I was kind of looking at that team, they're very, they have a ton of outfield depth, but they have very weak infield depth. So I'm, that's obviously why that move is there, but I did find that interesting. And the Pirates, they signed Yasmani Grandal, um, Josh Fleming, and Chase Anderson, uh, the former Red. Um, Grandal and Fleming both have had some a lot of success at times, coming off some some tough years. Um, so I, I, I like the Grandal signing's nice for them. Um, they lost Indy Rodriguez for the season, their prize catching prospect. Right. Um, so so it's a good fit, um, and uh, he's a guy that was terrible, and then also had the whole clubhouse issues in 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 chicago last year um where he, i think he took off early for the all-star game um but he's obviously a very talented catcher um you know at, at his best so yeah at his um, best. interesting interesting signing for the pirates the pirates have made some nice signings they're, they're, they're trying they're, yeah at least it looked like they're trying that's what that's what that's what some of the conspiracy theorists would say about all the small market teams is that they they just they just act like they want to win. They don't really want to win, which is a hilarious statement in and of itself. But um, yeah, I, I don't none, none of those I think are you know huge needle movers. The only thing that that I keep asking myself is when it, when it, when's the shoe going to drop for all these other guys? You know, I mean we're we're still waiting on some big big names out there that we ultimately know will will end up signing somewhere. It's a matter of it's a matter of when, not if. Um, and where's Cody Bellinger going to end up, you know, uh, unless, unless that's happened in the last few hours, I, I, you know, I, I'm waiting for the Cubs to do that. I've already prepared my mind for that to happen with the Cubs. Um, because at this point it's safe to say the only team that really could get significantly better, uh, with additions is the Cubs. I mean, obviously we know the pirates are out. They're not going to be signing anybody big. I think the Cardinals already did what they planned on doing. The Reds have already said what they've said about it. So, you know, you're sitting there and you're, you're looking at the Cardinal or the Cubs, excuse me, asking yourself, when is it they're going to pull the trigger on somebody? I guess we just sit here and we patiently wait. Um, I don't know. It's kind of wild, but one thing that Rob Manford did say, uh, and, and this was brought up uh, again, uh, not that long ago, um, on Chatterbox was, you know, maybe Major League Baseball does need to do something about this whole free agency thing, and they make there be in a, a drop dead period where you have to sign. Um, that way, we can have some excitement and some buzz, you know, right there before the season, and all, and also, if if anything, provide some clarity, or just provide some clarity. Like if if there's a big signing, I guess at this point, and don't kill me, Chad, if I'm wrong on this. I've not been, you know, glued to. Uh, x.com the last maybe day or two here but Blake Snell is still available is that correct yeah so you have Snell available JD Martinez is still available and Jordan you, Montgomery and you, okay Jordan Montgomery and Cody Bellinger like all of these those are those are prolific names like that's a little bit of a problem for the league like you got it that that would have been like Good PR for the for Major League Baseball if those guys signed a month ago. Now it's like kind of you're already getting a buzz for spring training. You're already going to get a lift for opening day. Not that you need the PR. Obviously, all PR is good PR to a certain extent. But still, my point is it it, it would behoove Major League Baseball to have these guys sign earlier and earlier. So uh, we'll see when that all happens. I don't know. I don't know when. I mean, it feels like it should have already happened. No. Yeah, the 
the Cubs, I think it was the owner, I think it was Ricketts that said it, um, said that they're waiting to be able to make Cody Bellinger an offer. Like, he's not taking offers right now. Now, that could have been all, you know, just the the positioning and whatnot. But it seems like the Cody Bellinger camp, from what I've read, is completely content. If this drags off, drags out into March, um, they are going to wait until they get absolutely what they want. And Bellinger's Bellinger's interesting. Um, I mean, like, obviously, getting Cody Bellinger would be huge for the Chicago Cubs in 2024. Um, but he's a risky player. Like he, I, I don't, I can't remember a player that has anything close to his profile where he's been the best player on the planet and he's been a below average player, like within a year span, who knows what he would do, um, over a seven year contract. Like that could like, like he could be a Jason Hayward contract for the Cubs, uh, which clearly weighed them down at the end. Um, or he could be a superstar for seven years. I really have no idea. And I don't think anyone knows any idea. And I think that's probably why he's having such a hard time getting the dollars to match up what he feels he's worth. Yes, yeah, negotiation at its finest. That's what this all comes down to, right? Each team, the team thinks that uh, the longer they hold out, probably the better leverage they get, and the player wants to play the game of okay, well, we'll play, we'll play chicken and see who flinches first. And you know that can go both ways. I think it's worked out. It worked out uh, in both directions throughout the course of of sports history, in, in either way, um, thinking back to is it uh, Chris Jones for the for the uh, for the Chiefs. Um, he holds out, and and next thing you know, the Chiefs cave and they pay him. Well, that worked out for both parties, obviously, at the end of the day because they win the Super Bowl. But then the opposite could be where um, I can't think off the top of my head right now. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank, but there there was a running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, why can't I think of that kid's name? Anyways, he held out. Everyone's going to know who I'm talking about, and it's going to pop Bell? in my brain. Yeah, Bell? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Bell. Yeah. Look at you, NFL guy. Um yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Le'Veon Bell holds out thinking he's going to get the same treatment and it ends up like he never, ever gets back to what he was. I mean, it just it can go both ways, so be careful what you wish for on both sides of that party. I hope it drags out all year. I mean, who knows? I'd love to see. I'd love to see. As long as the Cubs don't get him, I could care less. But why not go to the Dodgers? Why not? Just go back there. I mean, at this point, let's just... Let's get as many good players as we possibly can on the Dodgers, and then we'll just all see if we can't somehow knock them off in the postseason. That'd be the yeah, that'd the, be the fun game. We'll just see yeah. if we can't sneak in the wild card round. Maybe we get lucky and they get in the wild card round as well, and you knock them out. They've already like hit their maximum wins above replacement, so yeah, like it doesn't really it doesn't add anything to them. Yeah, like, you can only win 162 games in the regular season, so you know that it's like at some point you can't get better than that. So we're we're it seems like we're already there. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We really appreciate everyone who continues to support us. If you have not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, you're going to want to make sure you do that now because during spring training and the regular season, we are the only Cincinnati Reds podcast that has new episodes after every single game. And we'll have plenty of additional content leading up to that. I also ask that you please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Can't tell you how much that really helps us 
to grow the show and continue to bring you more great content. Also, make sure you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. There's where you could join us live after every single Reds game and be a part of the conversation for all of our live shows. Hit that bell up in the top right corner on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. You'll get alerts and notifications on your phone whenever we go live. All right, before we let you go, I do want to tell you about some of the other great content that we have for you here on Chatterbox Sports. First off, our flagship show that is Off the Bench. Host Trace Fowler is uh, on every single day, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. They talk all things sports, so be sure to check out Off the Bench on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Also available everywhere you get podcasts. Then there's Chatterbox Bearcats. That's with Charlie Walter and his friend Houdini. They host a show covering UC Sports. They go live on YouTube after every single UC basketball game. And you can find Chatterbox Bearcats everywhere that you get podcasts. Those guys also do another podcast called the Chatter Podcast, which is a little bit of sports, but a whole lot of fun. Be sure to check that out everywhere you listen to podcasts. That's called the Chatter. We also have additional content on YouTube. Reed and Elliot are doing a new little series called Chatterbox Reacts, where they're doing some short videos about some of those interesting topics in sports. So that's, of course, on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. We have the Chatterbox Shop. That's on ChatterboxSports.com. We have all kinds of great merchandise for you. Uh, some Reds gear, some, some, some Chatterbox stuff, some just fun and interesting creations that they've come up with. All kinds of great shirts for everyone. So be sure to check out the Chatterbox Shop. That's on ChatterboxSports.com. We are uh, at Cbox Sports. That's at Cbox Sports on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, also known as X. We are Chatterbox Sports on Facebook, putting up a lot of content on there. So you can follow us on whatever platform that you like. We also have some really cool additional content in the works and some members-only streams. That's on our YouTube page on Chatterbox Sports. Links to all that stuff that I talked about. All the Chatterbox Sports shows and everything else is in the episode notes today. So be sure to check that out. Well, thanks again for tuning in. Hope that you have a fantastic day. And as always, and most importantly, go Reds.